Hey everyone, it's Glenn here. Welcome to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. It's episode 514, uh, recorded on the 15th of December 2016. Don't forget to tune in radio, cross-platform, download it and search up Aussie Tech Radio. You can follow us on facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads, youtube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads and uh, Twitter, uh, tweet us at uh, Aussie Tech Heads or at Glenn Goodman at Warlock. Uh, hashtag Oz Tech Heads, AUS Tech Heads. Uh, don't forget the other shows on the uh, network, you should say, I could say, the Aussie Max Zone, continuing uh, weekly episodes, the Obsidian Loft, Old Fart Geeks, and Aussie Tech Security. Uh, another episode of Aussie Tech Security this week, and maybe Obsidian Loft, I hear the boys are, well, they're talking about things to do with Minecraft. I don't know if they're talking podcasts or not, but let's find out. Uh, Jace is with us this week once again. Hey, Jace, how you going? Hey, Glenn, what's up? Uh, nothing much. Just tried to stream this episode tonight or this week, and uh, still Facebook just, just wants too much bandwidth. I just can't do it. Australian bandwidth Terrible no good. Facebook. Mm. Get uh, your act together. Yeah. Look, I might go back to Ustream. I don't know. I probably should go back to some sort of live streaming thing. See, well, I'll see how it goes over Chrissy. How about uh, what, Twitch? Have you tried that? Uh, well, I think wasn't what Will or you saying that it was only for games? And if they get you... Play, streaming non-games, you get the, oh, no the, idea. The, the piece of leather up the posterior and kicked Probably. off. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's going on with Obsidian Loft? Any podcasts in the... I'm well, thinking about going into streaming Minecraft. Oh, oh, what, live streaming? Yeah, with me and my girlfriend. There's a mod pack called Terra Firma Craft, which we've had on before. Right. And um, we've had a couple of versions of it, and I've just reinstalled it again, so... We might have a look at that, and uh, if Will wants to come on, and we'll do a bit of streaming together, and uh, my girlfriend as well, and see what we can do. It should be a lot of fun. Mm. You're gonna put an audio version out? <laughs> <laughs> no point in that. But yeah, right. We should do we should do another uh, podcast at some stage. I'm trying to figure out what to do with um, old fart geeks. It'd be interesting. But um, something fun happened this week. There was uh, on the mailing list. One of the guys for our uh, VZ mailing list, we had these old Dick Smith VZ200, VZ300 computers, also known as Laser 210 and 310 in Germany and other mm. countries. And um, he found, one of the guys found this fellow who was um, playing games in an emulator and doing YouTube videos of each game, probably about five or six minutes. Right. And... Um, he said, oh, here's some new ones. This guy is posting like one every hour for the last week nearly. So what he's, was that, a VZ200? Yes. I was going to try and find it. Made by Video Technologies. Okay, cool. I'm oh, just sorry. I just I didn't want to interrupt. I was just trying to find a picture to show yeah. everyone. I think they do like um, leap pattern things these days. Right. But, um, they call themselves VTech. Oh, and wow. um, so I went and had a look at some of the videos and wouldn't you know it, he did a couple of my games. Oh, right. So I did a an Arkanoid clone for the VZ. You only got four colors and 128 by 64 pixels back in our day. <laughs> and um, I called it Arkaball, A-A-K-A-R-K-A-B-A-L-L. And um, he did a video of that. And also when I was a teenager, I did a game, a poker machine game in low res and you press base and it pulls the handle down and then it goes through the different reels and if you get a, the right amount of thing it makes a plays a bit of noise on there so you can hear the music um just sort of go so and um what, so what? i was like oh this is pretty cool so mm -hmm. i said to him uh, i like your stuff uh thanks for sharing some some of my games that i've written <laughs> he's like oh wow this is great to talk to one of the authors <laughs> of these games that i'm posting wow. here and um it got me thinking as well because um in the 90s, I made what I called a disc mag. It was a magazine that was on disc. Right, yeah. And what would happen would, um, yeah, that's uh, on one of the old black and white TVs. That's how I first started. I didn't even have a color TV to watch it on, but my sister and I had wow. um, gone halves in a little princess TV. A princess? Good on that. Yeah, that was a brand. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it was in black and white for ages. You couldn't really tell the blue from the red, but um, later on I upgraded the color. Excellent. And um, so I said, oh, I had a couple more games and things that I'd written for this disc mag. Hmm. And um, it would be cool if, if anyone's got those on you. One of the guys had already shared a couple of them on our mailing list. And then this other guy 
who's on there sent me a private email and he said, I don't know if you want this released to everybody because it's obviously your commercial product and you own the copyright to it. So I'm not going to just whack it mm. on the list to give it to everyone. He's very strict about that. Mm. But um, his discs, uh, Disc Mag 3 and 4, I only managed to do four of them because I didn't get any submissions. So I had to write the whole thing myself and make <laughs> yes. games and graphics and text and scrolling around stuff. Oh, yes. Um, and so uh, he gave me copies of them. So I was watching them on an emulator and I was like, wow, I don't even remember doing half wow. this stuff, but this is really awesome. <laughs> so wh- where did he get them from? The, where did he find them? Um, my Disc Mags or the games? The games. I'm not sure because um, I do have some of them on one of my websites and there's a few others around, but there were some of the stuff that he had there I'd never even heard of. And um, there was one that, yeah, that's like uh, you could get a super high resolution <laughs> graphics on there by uh, changing some stuff on one of the chips in there. The graphics chip did have a ability to go into very high res like, 290, 256 by 192 pixels or something, which we never actually saw in a real machine. You could take but three steps back and the, squint your eyes. Yeah, but <laughs> the, the chip had the ability to do it only in monochrome, but there was it was not in the standard computer and you would have to do hardware mod to be able to get it to activate. Mm, um, yeah, but it was really interesting talking to this guy and seeing these games and particularly my a couple of my ones going, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, like you, you'd get a little bit of a buzz, wouldn't you, out of that? you just just yeah. going about your business, you know, day-to-day business, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, hang on, that's something I wrote yeah. <laughs> 10, 15 <laughs> years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. But talking about emulators and so forth, I don't know if you've seen... Uh, this story through the week. Let me try and find it now because I put it down near the end of mine, but mm-hmm. it's here somewhere. Just scrolling, scrolling. Cause it's it is... what long world's longest segue? Yeah, it's related. It's re- here we go. It's related to uh, to what we're talking about here. Uh, Minecraft blocks uh, used to make virtual Atari twenty six hundred console. Have you oh, heard? Nice. <laughs> you heard about that? Yes, I saw it on another podcast that I was watching during the week. Yeah, it's a YouTuber has recreated the Atari 2600 games console. Uh, he's done it by building a virtual version of the device's hardware just out of Minecraft blocks. Now, he's got the, the ones and zeros used by computers as the basis for all programming are represented by alternating blocks, either dirt or stone. Like, who sits down and does this? <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. A lot of people, someone's done... Uh... Yeah, they've done, first they did a CPU and then they added on RAM and then turned it into a full computer. And then they've done like um, a type of printing machine. So you could type in some text and it would print it in giant letters across this, across the sky where they had this huge billboard made out of blocks. Yeah, right. Another guy made into a typewriter. So yeah, this one is um, Donkey Kong. Yeah. Look, it, it doesn't really, it's not very usable as, as so he goes. Well, look, there's a YouTube video, it's in the show notes, and it's the it's the author of it. He just go, goes through it and oh, how long does it go for? It goes for 16 minutes. Uh, and it's some of the old games, you know, like as uh, Jaisha said, Donkey Kong is there. Uh, the emulator is too slow to actually be playable. A single game could take months. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> the idea behind it is just, I think, is just quite, cool isn't it that you would have seen that guy's name there uh seth bling he's like one of the biggest experts on redstone which is the um system in minecraft for making computer circuitry and stuff he's done thousands of videos on how to do this in red with redstone how to do that with redstone so now he's got this um graphics here each of those is one block per pixel, so it's drawing those and changing it across the screen. Yeah, it's amazing. He's uh, yeah. So his console comprises of a giant screen, which yeah, gradually updates as the game animates, and a huge field of blocks that form the virtual console's memory. He's also designed game cartridges for Donkey Kong, Space Invaders, and Pac-Man in the form of huge Minecraft blocks that are scanned as though being read by the original hardware. Two thousand command blocks which can perform operations on other blocks, form the system's processor. They manipulate blocks in the memory just like a physical processor operates on data in a computer. That just blows my mind. The processor works very slowly, drawing frames at 60 times every four hours. Wow. Uh, Yeah, the original console 
apparently drew frames at 60 frames per second. So, um, yeah, but I, I guess, so what we've, we've got the YouTube video there running now, so that's obviously doing more than one 60 frames every four hours. Yeah, he sped up the He's video. speeding it up, yeah. But that's just quite cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull that out just as the, just because it was cool. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go on to some of the other news stories. There was so much. Like sometimes, you know, you know, you go through the news stories, what's happened this week, and there's not much around. But I'll tell you, there was loads. Too much for our little show this week. So there's loads of stuff. Uh, starting with Ovo Mobile. Uh, have come out with $9.95 plans that are specifically designed for kids. Now, this is operating on the Ford, Optus's 4G network. Now, I've got a, where have I got a little photo here of Uvu or Ovo? Now, the Hero Offer. Yeah, <laughs> the Hero Offer. It costs less than $2.50 a week, so it's, yeah, nine ninety five. And according to the Ovo, Mo, Ovo Mobile, that's pretty hard to say, isn't it? Yep. No lock-in contracts, $200 worth of calls, one gig of data, data-free streaming of Ovo content, whatever that may be. Any ideas? No. Whatever they've put in... Um free connections to could be like facebook or something like that there's often there's a website you can go to zero.facebook.com and if any of the um telcos have put in free access to facebook that'll um not be charged right okay uh, uh so unlimited text and free membership to the family zone so the family zone is allows parents to supervise uh the 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 mobile phone now if, uh, look more on that family zone. Let me find it just to tell you. It allows parents to the power to block adult rated or unrated content, and also notifies them if unsuitable content is being viewed. So Ovo Mobile uses the Optus 4G and is only available for prepaid services. Now the CEO of Ovo, uh, Matt Jones, said that children are getting a mobile phone at a much younger age each year. Currently. Have a guess how old it is in Australia. Six we're or seven? Ten, but it's ten. six. Yeah, but we're likely to follow UK where most six-year-olds have a smartphone. Yep. That's insane. They like, all know how to use them. Well, they do. Well, um, my little girl, she's in year four, uh, five this year just gone, and, yeah, she had to take her iPad. She was, yeah, that was they were doing work from the iPad. But um, I don't know. What would you give? What I don't know. You give a, a ten or six year old a phone to keep. I guess so. I guess so <laughs> I guess that's I know my um, daughter in year two was doing um, Microsoft Project documents and having to save it to USB at home and take it into the school to present or uh, PowerPoint as oh, well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've done the the PowerPoint doovers. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's interesting, but it's just. Oh, that's the way of the world, isn't it? Way of the world. That'll become uh, in the future when when uh, women have a baby shower. It'll be his baby's first mobile. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be too. Slubber proof, <laughs> <laughs> just like the iPhone Seven. Yeah. Oh, I've got a couple of iPhone stories and Apple stories, but let's uh, hear one of yours, Jace. What do you find? Speaking of Apple stories, that was a good segue. It was my first story I had right. Apple fans annoyed after the company removes the time left estimation from battery icon in the new MacBook Pro. Apple has come up with a very sneaky update in a bid to stifle complaints about the battery life of its latest oh. MacBook Pro, much to the chagrin of some users. That's sneaky. A number of Apple fans have complained about the seemingly poor performance of the battery, so the tech giant appears to have come up with a solution, sort of. In the latest update to MacBook's operating system, Apple has removed the time remaining estimate for the battery. Until now, users could click on the battery icon, see an estimate for how much longer the battery would last. According to Apple, it did so because the remaining time calculation was inaccurate. Aww. But as far as the internet is concerned, it was really surprised <laughs> how quickly that number just declines. It just makes oh. me makes me think about you know that video we were talking about, and I put up on the site the, the, in the foreign language, the dubbed yep. over dongle video. <laughs> it's just like that. Tim Cook comes down and says, "What are we going to do about the?" <laughs> <laughs> the battery life, and this guy just goes, "How about we just take it off the screen altogether?" Yeah, <laughs> yes, winning. This is not the battery life icon you're looking for. Move along. <laughs> That's right. Oh, look, you could, you could, that could be a, a whole new instalment of that video. 
This is the, the battery life installment. Speaking of that, got to see Rogue One soon, yeah? Yes, yes. It came out uh, this week, didn't it? Everyone's raving about it. Yeah, okay. You haven't seen it yet? No, I want to see it this weekend, hopefully. Yeah, how long How long does it... Does it <laughs> is it simultaneous when it comes out in... Where are you? Mid-North Coast? Or do you have to... Is yeah, it... yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... not as great as when we were in uh, Melbourne. We used to go to the... Um, gold class and sit in the seats and they bring your food while you're watching it and bring in some wine and stuff mm. what what sort of decor have you got where you are um yeah a couple of <laughs> some chairs and that's it <laughs> i remember when and I was... cold popcorn let me tell oh, you yes you love it yeah. cold popcorn and i went up to say to the lady hey this one's cold do you mind heating it up a bit? And the owner was standing there at the counter and he comes up and he goes, see this sign up here? It just says popcorn. It does not say hot popcorn. <laughs> so you've got nothing to complain about. You can't expect to get hot popcorn. Yeah, I said, right. are you kidding? Every every um, theater I've been to, every cinema has got hot popcorn. Mm. Well, it doesn't say it on my sign. And if it doesn't <laughs> say hot, then you can't expect to get hot popcorn, can you? It's like and that. It, it turns out they just got this warmer there that they've got... A, huge bags of pre-popped popcorn and they just tip it in there and it sort of warms it a little bit but when they've only just started stocking it in the morning then you're just stuck so the lady there was nice though who was behind the counter she's like look just give me that one and i'll bring you in a warm one in about 20 minutes before the movie starts while the ads are still going so she's gonna sit on it yeah (laughs) went and sat down and they might have nuked it or something but she brought it in that was more warmer than it was before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she put it next to the projector. Oh, they probably don't have projectors these days. Um, yeah. Yes, oh, well, I remember when I was growing up in Coolangatta, the the old cinema back then. It's changed a bit now, but back then, you know, they had you could either buy a ticket to the lounge or to the stalls, and the oh. lounge were these old chairs that were all stuck together. You know, like little uh, leather leather uh, upholstered and all this sort of stuff. You know, yeah. posh for the nineteen twenties. And then the stalls were just like the the uh, canvas lollabouts or whatever you want to call oh, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the canvas <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was pretty pretty uh, pretty hardcore. But uh, yeah, so things are a bit different in yours. They'd be a bit more up to date than that, surely. Slightly, yeah, mm. not hugely. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, yeah, Apple yes. promotes the laptops as boasting ten hours of battery life per charge, but a number of customers beg to differ. Countless reviews of the new device said it failed to reach that ceiling. The yeah. change came out with the newest version of Mac OS Sierra 10.12.2 this week. As one Twitter user pointed out, there are still other ways you can find the figure, such as going into the Activity Monitor app in the Utilities folder, which allows you to see how apps and other processes are affecting your computer. There's also useful software add-ons like iStat Menu 5 and Battery Health 2, which provide comprehensive data visualizations about your MacBook's performance. So if you're still desperate to know how many hours left until your laptop dies, there are workarounds. But nonetheless, many Apple customers clearly didn't appreciate the move. No, I wouldn't appreciate that either. I think that's that's. <laughs> look, I wonder what the the actual the spin on that is. Like, surely they're not. They can't just come out and say, "Well, it's not accurate," or "We don't like you complaining." It's still ten hours though, and now you can't prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use the stopwatch on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. you've taken that away too. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> also, Apple have started selling their AirPods at long last. After the oh, t- <laughs> really finally. <laughs> Who's been waiting for that? Anyone with with an iPhone 7 <laughs> wants the earphones. Surely they got Beats or Plantronics by now. Oh, well, yeah, well, that's right. Well, they they come with the dongle, don't they, to say you can put your three and a half mil plug in. Yeah. Do they come with, they must come with normal headphones, this iPhone 7? I can't remember if they did or not. I can't remember now. But anyway, they are... Yeah, wireless headphones. So they're now available through the website delivery of the AirPods. If you're if you're so excited about it, it's going to be imminent. They will start next week, along with sales at Apple stores, Apple authorized resellers, and select carriers. Now you're sure to lose weight when you buy some because they're two hundred twenty nine dollars. Yeah. So imagine. Uh, I don't know. Charge with a lightning connector, not a USB three uh, mm. C. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they've got. Uh, Good reviews, have they? Really, these even before Apparently they're even the out. Beats are really amazing, but they're not wireless, though, are they? The Beats? 
Yeah, they have wireless oh, beats now. Oh, okay. But are they like the these ones here, these Air, uh, AirPods, where they're not joined together? So you, as, as a lot of people have said, that you, you could be running along or whatever, one would fall out, and you might not even know, and you lost yeah. it. Well, one of the things I heard that can be a problem, apparently the Apple ones might not have the same problem, but one one of the earpods or whatever they're called with whichever manufacturer syncs to your phone through bluetooth the other side syncs to this side so mm. the music comes into this one and then that one transfers it across to there oh. so if you've got one of those ones then you get delay left to right with your music oh, because God. the music comes in here and then it has to shoot across there and it starts playing here but this one isn't ready yet so it's a little bit off but uh if you get the good ones which i think the um they got a good chips in the Beats and also in the earpods that both of them will sync to your phone at the same time. Right. Well, you, you would hope so, really, wouldn't but you? But there are low-cost ones that do it the other way, and so you've got mm. one side of your head is playing one part of the tune, your left side still hasn't caught up yet. Jeez. Oh, that, is, that is dead set. Well, I'm sure the apples aren't like that. I'm sure maybe that's why they've waited two months. There's been a two-month delay. So could be, yeah. Uh, but even so, like, what I don't get about this two-month delay is that so they've come out at the, the launch, they've announced it, they've said, okay, these are going to be available, and then there's been a two-month delay. Like, why do, do you think that something has gone wrong? There must have been, like, a, a million of these these things made, sitting yep. ready to go, but there's been a delay, so there must have been something wrong with them. Must be, yeah. So, cause, and then they've had to make another million. Everyone can speculate, but only Apple knows. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, where do you want to go now, Jace? A, a federal court hands down decision in the site blocking case. A federal judge has handed down its verdict in the country's first site blocking case, opening the door for major crackdown on websites hosting illegal streaming services and torrents. Ooh. The federal court handed down the verdict, the first of its kind, which goes a long way to clarifying the fate of illegal torrent and streaming websites such as the Pirate Bay and Solar Movie in Australia. The court ruled that the internet service providers must take reasonable steps to disable access to such sites. After nearly a year in the court system, the verdict was handed down shortly after 2.15pm today. A handful of tech journalists were on hand and live tweeted the decision, Ooh, reporting that exciting. rights holders who seek to have websites blocked will have to pay a fee to ISPs for doing so. The judge also appears to support the application of rolling injunctions to make it easier to chase offending sites and said it must come with court oversight and not be automatic like telcos had argued for. The rights holders Village Roadshow and Foxtel were also ordered to pay legal costs of the ISPs. Foxtel Chief Executive Peter Tonag said it was a good outcome. We've already seen successful implementation of similar site blocking efforts overseas and looking forward to a reduction in online piracy here. The unprecedented case was ushered in by the passing of the somewhat controversial copyright amendment online infringement bill 2015 in June last year, which among others gave rights holders the power to request takedown of sites that hosted material that infringe on copyright. Australia's major film distributor Village Roadshow, along with Foxtel, launched the legal action which officially effectively tested the waters of new legislation. In total, they listed 61 domain names, including the popular Torrents, ISO Hunt, Torrent Hound, and the Pirate Bay that they wanted to see blocked. Yes, so I'm not sure if that's... That, if... Well, that's it. Piracy's done. They <laughs> the problem. It's never going to happen again. There aren't any other Torrent sites except for those 61 that people could go to. That's right. Problem solved. What do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, look, oh, look, look. I'm going to try and see if I can search for the Pirate Bay. I know this this decision. R.I.P. Torrents. Yeah. So everything. Look, PirateBay.com. I doubt if that's going to be there. Oh, what have we got here? No. PirateBay.org. <laughs> is that what it is? Org. But uh, look, I'm pretty sure that's still there, isn't it? I don't think they can get rid of it. No. They keep popping up. They just block it on our side, but it's still going to be. All the rest of the world can do the torrents, just not us. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yep. So, so what costs, like, you know, the in in the what the judgment said that the, the costs have to be borne by the rights holders, but well, what, is Telstra going to charge 10 bucks or something to type in the IP address? <clears throat> or, or, well, somebody has got to do that as an admin cost, and admin costs are usually not very cheap. Hmm. So what you think of that's that'd be a bit, is that the only cost you can think of? You reckon? Just someone typing an IP address in? Yeah, 
I'd be block it at DNS. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you get charged. Well, that guy normally gets paid, you know, thirty dollars an hour, and he's got sixty-one things to type in and testing, and got to make sure it doesn't screw up anything on the network. Oh, it could take like a couple of days at least. Mm. Pay for his wage for that. Is uh, can this be circumvented via VPNs or anything like that? Easy. Well, there you go. That's Everyone a... worth their house <laughs> knows that you can use a VPN and get around all of these things. So it's completely yeah. useless. VPNs are cheap as these days. Most people have even got them mm. just for normal use because they don't want the government looking at their stuff, even though they don't do anything bad. Because what the government says, well, if you're not doing anything bad, you don't need to encrypt. Well, want yes. people looking at their stuff. Yes, we'll just look at the, the problems that they might have down at the ATO. Not that, the, not that there's a hacking issue. But uh, it looks like there's been what a one petabyte of data has been lost. Did you? They try looking under the couch. That's where I usually find things that get lost. Yeah, my mine stuff's in the just all over the house. It's been <laughs> strewn. Now Maybe the, they haven't opened up the package like you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the data wasn't on the disk to start with. Now the ATO website outage has been blamed on the HPE3 pass storage problem. What is all that? The HPE's the Hewlett Packard Enterprise T1 all flash array data storage. There you go. Something like that. Now well, that makes it clear. Yeah, so for instance, what does this do? It is for large enterprises and service providers for instant application provisioning and high levels of service. Now, early, very early. Except when it doesn't work? Mm, very early on Monday morning, the ATO advised that its online portals, digital services, and website were offline following, uh, following an unspecified hardware issue. Another one of those very helpful messages. <laughs> Syntax error in line 10. Yes, or uh, what's, the, what's some of the other ones you get? It's just like an unexpected error. Pebcac. What's that? ID 10T. Pebcac is probably exists between keyboard and chair. Oh, okay. There's another one like that. Another little... There's a... Like that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, ID 10T. Yeah, that's one. Yes. Layer 8 network issue. Layer 8. <laughs> Good. Uh, now, is there a layer 8? Yeah, that's you. Uh, there you go. It's always user error. Early on Monday, blah, 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 blah. the ATO uh, confirmed to IT News that the issue was triggered by the catastrophic collapse of a hardware storage solution provided by Hewlett Packard. It's understood the ATO acquired two new HPE 3 pass SANS late last year. That's been worth it. The collapse of the SAN caused the loss of one petabyte of data. So now. See, it pays to back up. Well, Should have used Carbonite. <laughs> yes. Or Dropbox. Can I just Dropbox one petabyte of customer data there, please? <laughs> you, see the, you see the old guy that's in charge of backups come in and he's got a whole file and cabinet that's just full of floppies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it number of disk one Restoring of disk one of five many. million. <laughs> disk one of many. <laughs> Insert. Now, the issue was compounded by the failure of backup systems, which did not kick in immediately following the initial outage. Now, data corruption issues from the primary SAN were replicated onto the second SAN. That's no good. The ATO is currently in the process of rebuilding both. I wonder who got fired for that. No one. You can't get fired. Look at IBM. No one got fired. Look at... No one gets fired anymore. That's no one's fault. It's the... It's the environment. Well, it's not even that... That's not even that's fault either, is it, these days? Bloody labour. Oh, bloody everything. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. The ATO is currently in the process of rebuilding both and restoring from backup. The tax office em emphasised that no sensitive taxpayer data has been compromised. Oh. Unlike... That mean I still have to pay back my tax. Yeah, I know. It wouldn't be good if it was it was just lost and they, they had to door knock because they lost <laughs> your address. So they've door knocked to come around and said, oh, could you please uh, give us an idea of where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> In, oh, I, I think you owe me about 20 grand. Yeah, my taxes were awesome. Sounds right. I remember when I worked in the bank, uh, each day there were reports that each branch got and it was just all balances of every account. Just so if the computers ever went down, you could 
yeah, you got a record in branch and all this wow. sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I used to collect them and they used to just build up and used to empty the folder every month or whatever it was. Depends how many, many things you got. Now, uh, yeah, so there's no sensitive data has been compromised, Jace, at the ATO, which is thank- thankfully good news. Now, I was segueing into another one of your stories, Ooh. I think. Are you on the same vibe? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a Yahoo? Yahoo, yes. Yahoo discloses another data breach affecting one billion accounts. Yahoo has identified a new system breach that occurred in August 2013 and involved data associated with more than one billion user accounts. The incident is is likely distinct from the breach the company disclosed in September, which was 2014 attack that saw data associated with at least 500 million user accounts stolen. At the time, it was Doug, the biggest data breach ever. Yahoo said an unauthorized third party had stolen the data in the latest breach that it was working closely with law enforcement. The company's chief information security officer said Yahoo learned of the breach from law enforcement but was so far unable to determine how the data from one billion accounts was stolen. We have not been able to identify the intrusion associated with this theft, he said in a blog post. The stolen user account information may have included names, email addresses, telephone numbers, dates of birth, hash passwords using MD5, which has obviously been broken, and in some cases, encrypted or unencrypted security questions and answers. So if you use password or same security questions and answers on Yahoo that you do on Gmail, on your bank, on other sites, then people can guess your passwords and get stuff sent to them. Yeah, it's pretty nasty sort of stuff because, yeah, a lot of the lot of data was taken. A lot of the personalised personal data was taken, which is no good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, no good. 2013 I think... and 2014. Lucky we're finally hearing about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but where would you store one billion? Um, how much would that take up? Probably wouldn't take well, that much. It's all text, so probably only take up a couple of gig. Mm, maybe it's on a HP E3 par sand disk. <laughs> <laughs> it's got stamped ATO on the back they of it. They got it in an ARG file. An ARGY-BARGY file. <laughs> yeah, so. We use ARG in the day? Oh, I, 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 I sort of vaguely. Or were you a PK Zip man? Yeah, PK Zip. No oh, RAH. Going back that far. Yeah, right. Yeah, RAH. Yeah, I've done RAH. I, I use RAH with the best of them. <laughs> but Zip's my preferred. I think well, you use uh, Zip is only good for up to so many a uh, certain size, and then you go raw, don't you? Ah, uh, it was, but Zip usually does just about everything now. Most of my stuff I use GZip because all my stuff server things these days. So, oh, all right, yeah. Um, all right, now where was another? Oh, look at this. This is a nice little story. Google will be a hundred percent renewable, uh, renewable powered by next year. That's a nice story, isn't it? Can never work out. Politicians already looked into it and renewables dead. Sorry, Google, you might have billions of dollars and a lot of smart people, but our politicians know more than you do. Yeah, well, apparently, uh, they Google reckons they know more anyway. So it, it's going to run its offices and vast data centers 100% on renewable resources. So it doesn't mean that solar and wind power will directly power every single server in Google's behemoth um, data center. Data center. It does mean that the company will purchase as much renewable energy as it uses electricity each year. So I guess it does really, but it must be more expensive. Yeah, but Facebook's the, doing the same sort of thing. They're all coming up with energy saving stuff because it's costing them too much money. Mm. You've got all the heat coming off the servers. You've got to keep them cool, and a lot of them are using seawater going through pipes to cool down servers, and then um, also powering from wave motion and uh, wind and solar, everything they can do because it's just going to cost them, you know, millions of dollars every year to just try and to keep all the servers going so that we can upload pictures of our dinner. <laughs> so while wind and solar has been the cheapest options up to 2017, Google's looking at investing over the next 10 years in other forms of low carbon power, including hydro, biomass, and nuclear. So Nuclear. With... Nu- nuclear. Look, at, look at that. Google's got a lot of wind. They have, yeah. They've got the most of everyone, haven't they? Yeah. What's the What's the other one? Solar. He's got a lot of solar. The Department of Defense, US. That's good. 
What's the other one? Switch Supernap. They got another solar. Who's been using biomass and waste? The defence. Government. Department of Defence and Procter <laughs> they, and Well, they've got a lot of waste. So <laughs> that's probably why they're using yeah. it, putting the good use. Now, the, um, the nuclear option is controversial, but that, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're going to rule it out if any agreement meets our goals of low price, safety, additionally, and is sufficiently got a, is the grid is close to them or something. So, yeah, nuclear. Good stuff. Yeah, a lot of people are just building their data centres right near the ocean so that they can get the wind and the cooling from the seawater and all this sort of stuff straight away. Is it worth their while? Like, do, they, do you think that they'll build in cooler climates? Like, is that where they're, they're going? or they just Antarctica. Yeah, is that cold enough? Or it doesn't really matter because the coolness is not in the outside temperature. It has to be taken away from the... Yeah, they could Guts use the... methods to extract it out. Hmm. Blow in, suck in cold air from outside, blow it through. Just, hmm. um, you know, leave the roof off and the snow falling on the servers will keep them nice and cool. It would too. That'd be nice to look at. You'd get little bits of steam coming out and be nice. Yeah. But that's a good idea. So, look, that graph that I th- threw up just before, it said it's the cumulative corporate renewable energy purchasing in the United States, Europe and Mexico. So there's obviously a big push overseas to this renewable energy. So, yep. But, yeah, so I don't know where they're getting all their wind from. Uh, I know... Um, Baked beans. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Or, um, or the uh, White House. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot well, of wind there. There is, there is. Um, all right, now, oh, talking about a lot of, lot of wind and stuff. The ATO, another ATO story reveals that in 2014-15 tax bills for Apple, Microsoft, Teltra, IBM and more. So they've they've released again what these companies have paid in tax. Now, a $2.15. Lot of, yeah, a lot of them haven't paid too much at all. So uh, let me go through just a couple because there's, I don't know, there's a couple of hundred companies. But the big ones, uh, vendors that turned a profit did not pay tax include 3.6 billion turnover, IBM, that's probably census and um, IBM Australia New Zealand, which had a taxable income of forty nine point three million, but paid zero tax. How do you get a taxable? This is where you need Eric. How do you get a taxable income of forty nine point three million, or a taxable income of anything, and pay no tax? Well, there's a lot of you know um, business expenses and uh, fringe benefits for employees and everything everything's based overseas anyway so we can only be taxed over there because we don't actually have a base in australia so the schneider electric which saw taxable income of 32.5 million atlassian taxable income was 34.6 million and citrix a taxable income of 11.1 million no tax so other global tech companies failed to pay tax because they did not generate profits including Acer, Hewlett-Packard, well, not with their their HPE three-par <laughs> sands. They're, they're down here all the way. You need to have creative bookkeeping so that, you know, the expenses look as though they outweigh the income. So. Look, I, I can get if these places are, I don't know, so Acer, like, you know, are they employing people in Australia? I get if they've got expenses for employment and, and all this, rents and all this sort of stuff. But are they really not making any money? Or are they just, as Jay said, creative accountancy? Now, Apple has been much scrutinised over its tax policy. Uh, it's paid close to 30% tax rate of $146.3 million. That's pretty good. So they're, they're going all right. Apple's paid their fair share by the look of it. Out of their $40 billion. yep. Yeah, well, out of their Australian amount anyway. They pay 30% tax rate of $146.3 million on a taxable income of $488 million. Uh, but the iPhones, the total e- income was eight point three billion. But that is probably that'd be a, a worldwide figure, wouldn't it? Mm. Eight point three billion. Um, Google paid an eleven percent tax rate. And the list goes on. Blah 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 blah. Well, you can get a full list if you want in the show notes. So yeah, we just need to be you know um, Jason and Glenn Incorporated and write everything off and then send the money overseas. Yeah, well, look, sorry, I, can't tax me here. I don't make money. My oh, actual wage is like one dollar, like Steve Jobs did. Everything else you pay with corporate cards and hmm. 
But I don't, I don't get that, eh? Like, say, because you can, because you, you know how you can deduct all your your business expenses, you know, from 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 your income from the business. But how how did Steve get away with like lunches and all this? I, I didn't think you could do that sort of stuff. So the company he, pays. His for, company gives him free lunches. Everything else is on corporate card that's not technically his. It's just a company card that's owned by the company, I think. Yeah, but even if it was the whatever he purchased was for him, say he bought a TV for home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's that's too 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 much for me. I don't know. Places I worked at bought a TV for the office, and somehow it ended up at home anyway. They just don't know how that happened. Hmm. Just one of those things, I guess. One of those things. Uh, all right. What else have you got, Jace? An embezzler spends more than one million dollars of stolen money on mobile ga- app game Game of War. Excellent. Everyone has thought about it, what to do with a sudden windfall of money from purchasing a luxurious yacht to relieving one's family of financial strain for many years to come. The possibilities are endless. Kevin Lee Co. found himself with that much money, but only his fortune was far from accidental. From about May 2008 to March 2015, he engaged in a scheme to defraud almost $5 million from his employer Holt, a heavy machinery company based in California. Co. managed Holt's accounting department, and as the company's controller, he oversaw Holt's commercial credit account. Co abused the authority to conduct hundreds of unauthorized credit card transactions on the company's account to manipulate and falsify records regarding the credit account and to mislead the bank that held the credit account when it made inquiries to Co about suspicious transactions. Mm. As part of a plea agreement this week, Co 45 pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud. He was charged with eight and only one count of money laundering. He was charged with three. In total, he must pay Holt $4,542,236.08 in restitution, and he potentially faces decades in prison. 20 years in prison is the maximum sentence for each charge, according to the plea agreement documents. He has not yet been sentenced. The amount of money he stole would change most people's lives, and it seemed to have changed Coe's as well. Among the things he spent it on, the expected luxury cars, scenes and tickets to see the Sacramento Kings and San Francisco 49ers. Some of his other extravagances included plastic surgery expenses Hmm. and a membership at the exclusive Whitney Oaks Golf Club in Rockland, California. Easily the strangest expenditure was money sent playing Game of War, a smartphone game that is considered a freemium app, referring to a game that costs nothing to acquire but requires monetary purchases in-game. In other words, if you want better weaponry or some such within the game, you can purchase it. Game of War had the largest in-app spend per play of any mobile game in 2015, attracting on average $550 per playing user, according to VentureBeat. Co spent approximately $1 million on the game. Isn't that crazy? Have you played it? No. No. It looks like something I might like to get into. <laughs> I play Words with Friends Against My Dad and Minecraft. That's about it. <laughs> what, it was, what's Words Against Your Friends? Is that a... Scrabble. Oh, right. I've been playing, there's a, some word game on Facebook. One of those Facebook games. Have you played that? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I get invited to a lot of them. I just don't have time to sit there playing those all the time. Yeah, those no, quickly go through on words with friends, put in a bunch of words, go, there you go, Dad, next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, well, these, these are, this, this one is in the games in the Messenger. And oh, right. I haven't tried those yet. It's supposed to be like Pac-Man and stuff in there now. Yeah, there's Galaga, Pac-Man, Space Invaders. Uh, and the couple of others I've never heard of, so I haven't played them. And this word game, which is not too bad. That's all right. Um, yeah, you any good, though? Uh, look, Galaga, because I'm a bit of a Galaga fan. Uh, it looked, a Galar. Yeah, it started, it started that game on Facebook. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, yeah, it's two, you only get one life. And oh, okay. so with Pac-Man and Space Invaders. It's one yeah. life, so you get one life. Oh, Galaga, if you get the you know the ship take if you get the ship in the warp, uh, you, it takes it up. You can get two ships, but you still if you blow your ship up down below, uh, well then you're gone. Or even if you blo- if you get the the second ship, you you get sort of two lives. But yeah, it's not enough. And like every as the as the little dudes stream out at the you know to form the formation of the armada at the start of each level. Like every second one of those things is missing just because it's on the Facebook, I suppose. Give um, you a bit of a chance. But yeah, look, I'm not a fan of it. I find it just crap. 
<laughs> that's all right. Look, it's auto fire, which is good. You only have to worry about moving left or right. But look, fair thing, it must start off level one. Is like if you're playing the arcade version, it's like playing oh, level eleven or something. Oh, okay, yeah, pretty hard. Uh, but the word one's not too bad. But yeah, that's all right. Now here's uh, something strange I haven't heard of before. Is yep. uh, a new way of receiving spam. It's through your calendar. Have you heard of that? Oh, uh, yeah, Apple One. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you deal with spam, so you probably, of course, you would have heard of it. Yep. That's what you do. So Apple is tackling an outbreak of spam on phone calendars by introducing a button that lets users report the junk appointments. So, so what's happening is this. What's the dog the doing? Cats just come in and open the door. Is that what happened? I thought something happened. What are you yep. doing? Is a cat or your dog just walked in? <laughs> she did. She's coming for a pat. Hello. Um, okay, so she probably would like a bit of spam. <laughs> You've been fed? Good girl. Okay, now the messages appear as invitations to events, but are sent by spammers, uh, not the brands that they feature. The report junk button has been added to Apple's iCloud.com and is expected to be included in an iOS update. So what's happening is... That, yeah, so you're getting people are getting all these rogue, random uh, invites to events, and the problem is, like, you might go, yeah, I don't want to go to, uh, you know, F- Florence Ecclestein's 89th birthday party, uh, so you go, no, I'm not going, uh, and you go, oh, this is crap, so you go, no, to get rid of it. But what's happening is that is then sending a message back to the sender, which is the spammer. So he now knows that that email address is open and being monitored. So he adds that to his list and now spams you more. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So do you deal with this sort of stuff in your day-to-day? Not calendars, just uh, emails, all that stuff. Mm, Looks like it's all coming from the Chinese, they reckon. So cleaning out the bogus messages was frustrating, as you would imagine. Some people report that declining invitation led to receiving more, as, as I just explained. Looks like they're coming from Chinese. So until the iOS is updated, anyone wishing to tackle the spam on their calendar must visit iCloud.com and click the and click to report fake messages. The invitation will disappear from all synced calendars. Mm. Mm. Sounds like a lot of work. It is like a lot of work, but I suppose you don't want to be sending your, your confirmation of your email addresses open and active. No, what should happen is somebody wants to add you to a calendar, it sends you an email saying... Do you want to add this person, yes or no? And if you go yes, then it puts it in the calendar. If you say no, then it deletes it. But it's anybody just sends you an invite, it automatically goes in your calendar whether you want it to or not. And then suddenly you have to delete it, which sends off in it. Oh, Glenn has deleted this event. He's not interested in your Ray-Bans discount 50%. Mm, that's right. And then they, then they know you are there. You're existing. Yep. Yeah, all right. Uh, look, I've... Got another one, I think. So what else have you got, Jase? Anything? Well, I've got a list of what Australians Googled for in 2016. Oh, we're up to that stage. All right. Yeah. What have we got? Turns out Australians really like sport. Mm. Other things we like to Google, Pokemon Go, politics, Donald Trump, and Pauline Hanson. Here's the official overview of things, top things that we're Googling for in Australia in 2016. Overall searches that were trending, the US election, Olympics, census, Euro 2016, and the Australian Open 2016. For news, US election results, census, Pokemon Go, total solar eclipse, and Oscars 2016. Global people trending, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Conor McGregor, Stephen Avery, and Melania Trump. Who's Conor McGregor? No idea. (laughs) Let's look him up. Conor McGregor. Never heard of him. Must be someone. Oh, he's a boxer. Right. Oh, there you go. There you go. Playing against Floyd Mary Mayweather. Mm, mm. Uh, Aussies trending. Mitchell Pearce, Molly Meldrum, Tara Brown, Pauline Henson, and Mel McLaughlin. And what is most searched? What is my IP address? What is a plebiscite? What is Pokemon Go? What is the weather today? And what is the time? How often do you Google for what is the time? <laughs> Um, My computer's got this little icon down in the bottom corner there that says 10.01pm and up the top sometimes on my Mac it has the same thing. I'm going to Google that. I'll just pump it up a little bit more. Hang on. I'll see what happens. I want to see what happens. What is the time? 
It's oh, interesting, all the people going, what is a plebiscite anyway? Yeah, I totally voted for that, but I don't even know what it is, so I'll just look it up. Look, it does know the time. Yep. There you go. How good is that? What is that the could time? be just a script, JavaScript running that says echo yes. current time. <laughs> current time. <laughs> Whatever your computer says, just put it up there. <laughs> That's probably all it is. Yeah. But yeah, interesting, would you call it interesting that uh, Pauline Hanson, Donald Trump is in that top 10? The, they're... No, they're all the, all the talk these days. Even Dick Smith likes Pauline Hanson. Yeah, it is all the talk, isn't it? It's going crazy. It's going crazy. Talk is crazy. Um, Apple now lets customer schedule servicing directly with Australian resellers. Hmm. Hmm. So before you get on the Apple site, you want to get your iPhone. Ser- interesting, interesting for our mate Mick. Yes, yes. So I, I, I sent him that. I sent him a sent him the link to that. So if he, uh, if might... you want him to see it, just add it to his Apple calendar. <laughs> yes, so spam. I'll invite him. Apple has quietly expanded its support service to include Australian partners when customers use the bring in for repair function on the website. So previously, the only options you would get would be take it to a store. I don't know what happens when people like you, Jace, or your nearest store is what? I don't Newcastle, know, Newcastle. An hour and a half drive away. So is that what would happen? You would say, go onto the store, go, I want to get something repaired. They'd go, well, go for a drive, go to Newcastle. Well, what happens if you're in Broken Hill? Go to Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so anyway, so now you can... There are several authorised service providers listed for repairs, including for repairs for the iPhones, Macs and iPads. So you can get third-party repairers. That's all right. Now, as that story went on, it was apparently these repairers, they've got scheduled and allotted times uh, for app, actual Apple store referrals. So I don't know, so something like, you know, they might have to block out 1 to 3 p.m. every Thursday or something. But um, I'm sure they'd be blocking us. Whatever they were told to block out, they'd be blocking out. It sounds very useful. Mm, yeah, it does. They say you don't have to go to the, the genius and have a talk to them. Um, talk to someone who's not a genius? You talk to real-world geniuses <laughs> who are not inside the, the silver box. But look, I've had no issue with them. They're pretty good. I've, I've always had a good experience in the Apple Store, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, always, always. Um, b- 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 what else you got, Jase? Anything? That's it. That's it. Oh, well, look, we went through those so fast, we've got time to spare. We've got like five <laughs> minutes to spare. <laughs> We might just have an early episode. Sounds what el- good. What else can Knock we talk? Off early. Yep. All right. Sounds good then. Well, don't forget the Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, don't forget the paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper, or you can see the show notes each and every week. If you want to follow the stories and follow on through, you want more information or whatever, the original links back to the stories can be found at the show notes on aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast. And... Uh, don't know what Will's been up to. I might see if we can get him on next week because it'll be the last week before Christmas and then I'm not sure what's going to happen the week after. We'll just yeah. have to see what's who's available if we want to if we can get together because uh, being Christmas week it's obviously going to be a bit bit crazy. And a couple of weeks or so after that I'll be living in my new house. Yes, congratulations. How good is that, eh? It's already is... got an NBN box on the side. Oh, yes. And you're uh Already, all the girlfriends probably already thinking of stuff to buy. Lounges and yep, flower yep. pots, whatever it is. Well, I've I, um, got a bit of extra with the um, home lane, so I want to put solar on as soon as possible. Mm, and yep. we'd like to get a dishwasher. That would be nice. Yep. Yes. Look, I, I, would rec- I could recommend the solar. Uh, easy like if you're working from home or you're going to use a lot of stuff through the day like you can i think you, you can pretty much program your dishwashers and washing machines now can't you to come on at yep. uh certain times you get it all to come on through the day uh one after the other uh when you when you you know so you can use the get the value and use that stuff that you're producing because it's yeah. all it's all changed around these days you it used to be wash your dishes at midday when the sun's at its highest yeah, well, that's right. And then because it used to be you could you would used to buy back the electricity. No, you could, you would sell it 
back to the company, they would sell it to you. You would sell it to them for 40 cents, but you would only pay 30 cents for it when you used it. But now it's all sort of turned on its head, and now you're still... Yeah, they'll buy it from you for 5 cents and sell it back at 32. That's right. So, look, if... if and solar's not as... as it's not worth it as much to people now if they're coming onto the, the new system. If if they're not at home all day, if they're at work all day, there's no point in putting six thousand dollars on your roof just to get six cents per hour, like yeah, at I maximum. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that anymore. So I don't know. The incentive is sort of gone a bit. I think wait until the batteries come out. Wait once we start able to store uh, efficiently. Test uh, the power wall. Yeah, I think the last time I looked at those, they're about ten grand though. Yep, and uh, but if once once they start coming down economically, you know viable, uh, yeah for sure. Like you know store the store what you don't use through the day. But like, if you're going to be home through the day in your home office, get an air conditioner, get your get your. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You got one of those ordered? You need an air conditioner. I've got a portable air conditioner at the moment, and uh, that'll go into the main bedroom, mm. and the um, got an ensuite and a big walk-in wardrobe, and um, the kitchen for some reason, has an air conditioner in the wall. Oh, in the kitchen. We want to put it in the kitchen because the lounge room doesn't, but I think you get enough crosswind through there with the front and back door open to keep everything cool anyway. Yeah. Oh, sort look. of a sunken lounge down a foot or so. Oh, yeah. Well, look, save up your money and get a, a split system in that little office of yours and uh, run it through yep. the day and you've got no worries of bills. That's good. Yeah, there's a bit of a landing between the um, lounge room and the kitchen, so I'm going to set up my office there. Mm, good stuff. All right, very good. Good to hear. Another home buyer. Always good to good to get back into the into the the market, isn't it? And you're yeah. there. You made it. the The Australian dream. Congratulations. Stop paying rent and stay in the one place for a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. It's not worth the move, is it? Like when you when you every time you buy, you got to pay all this stamp duty. I think if you didn't have stamp duty, you'd probably be a bit easier yeah that was about but, 10 grand yeah i know it's crazy and i think uh new south wales i think victoria's the dearest for stamp duty i think new south wales might be about the second dearest they're starting to crack down on foreign investment too because i have to provide a photocopy of my passport or uh, birth certificate to prove that i'm not from overseas just buying up homes all over the place for investments and not letting anyone live in them. So they you never know. used to crack down on that. They're like, yes, please, everyone come in and buy all the stuff. But now they're like, no, we're going to have to investigate that if you're not from here. Mm. Yeah, well, I, th- I remember like years and years ago, uh, I think when I bought my first house, like in the 90s, like, I don't think you had, to, I don't think I even provided much ID at all. Mm. Like, and everything just went to the titles office, you know, got all changed over, no ID, no nothing. So yeah. I don't know, it was a bit bit loose back then. Yeah, well, there's, there's supposed to be about seventy to 80,000 homes in Sydney that are empty because the foreign investors don't want to have to maintain the house and fix problems with it. So mm. they buy the house and land and then sit on it for 40 years until the price of it goes up and then they can sell it at profit then. But um, in the meantime, there's, you know, 80,000 families that can't get a home because a the price has gone up from these other people buying mm. and b the houses are empty anyway and just falling to bits all over the place because they won't pay to for the upkeep because um, they'd cost them money. So yeah, well even the, the even if the investors just kept them empty as you were saying, like I think it's it's like uh, well the properties have been going. I reckon it's been going up ten percent a year. Mm. I mm. know what it's doing down there, but up here uh, there's a house down the corner uh, from here and. I know, like two years ago, it was on for like seven forty or something, yep. and then it sold again because like I, was, I knew I was kept an eye on it because I knew I'd seen it for sale two years ago, and then I went it just sold again just like a month ago, yep. and it sold for like nine twenty or something. Yeah. So it's like two hundred thousand in eighteen yeah. months. Nice. How's that? <laughs> There's nothing special about it. No, it, was, it wasn't on water or anything. It was just well, it had a park behind it. But I thought I thought that might have been a detractor rather than a an advantageous yeah, no thing. Idea what's highly sought after? You don't. It was it was a Renault, nice Renault house. It was very nice, but uh, yeah, two hundred grand. Anyway, all right. Well, that's the uh, economical review for, for this. That week. was our five minutes. We were saying we need to feel. <laughs> that's right. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Thanks, Jace. Uh, no you're, you're good for next week. 
Yeah, we'll catch you then. All right, cool. Good stuff. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week leading up to Christmas and try and stay calm at the shops. Drive safe, double demerits from tomorrow. Yeah, do we do up here in Queensland? I don't know if we do that. I don't think you do, but we do in New South Wales, definitely. Yeah, we'll, we'll drive safe and stay calm at the shops. All right, I'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye.